people that are writers are creatives just like us most of the time and they really appreciate feedback as well they appreciate when you tag them or when you let them know like I appreciate what you wrote about me that's where I'm coming back to that like personal relationship don't be like smarmy about it you know don't just like try to make friends with people just so that they'll do nice things for you that's like transparent but if you can like actually create relationships with people appreciate what they're doing for you I think that'll take you far it's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, we are officially live here with Christina Cano, and which rhymes with Bono. I just confirmed with her uh, to make sure that I was pronouncing her, her name correctly. And today, we're going to be focusing on "quote unquote" engaging the press and talking about, you know, if, if as a musician you've got an EP or a single or an album getting to release. What does the process look like for the timeline of when you should be like reaching out to press and how to best leverage that release? And Christina is a great voice to share on the topic because she literally just got done with her own release. And so she'll yeah. be able to experience it both from the standpoint of you know, helping other artists with it. And now she's also doing it herself. So I think it's gonna be super valuable. So uh, Christina also has experience organizing uh, the DIY musician conferences in Nashville, Austin, Spain. She's been a featured speaker on the subject for, for many years. And so I think it's gonna be super valuable. So Christina, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much for having me this morning. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, PR. Uh, it's gonna be, be awesome. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> so Christina is like pretty much every speaker that's on the conference this year is someone that I've connected with personally before we've met. Christina and I are actually just meeting for the first time about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're, we're new, we're new friends. And so both for me and for everyone that is uh, listening or watching this right now, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your story and how you got started um, in the role that, that you're helping now with, with serving artists. Yeah. I, so first and foremost, I've been a musician for as long as I can remember. I spent some time touring with a band internationally for a few years really got to see the background of the music industry in that way, because it was more than just like playing shows in town. Like I started to recognize like, oh, labels need you to send this, this, and this. There's like all this like extra stuff that's going on behind the, the background, booking, all that stuff. And so I really wanted to give my community, at the time I was based in Portland, Oregon, which is where I spent the last decade basically making music. And I really wanted to give back to my community that information, the stuff I was learning on the road. So I started working for CD Baby as, at the time, artist rep. Then eventually I'm working in the marketing department and now I am an artist marketing specialist. So I'm giving that community a boost through marketing, did the DIY musician conference, teaching independent artists how to sort of take their career and put it in their hands and, and move forward and do, and do it yourself. Through that, I met Katie Long of DIY Music Public Relations. And Katie, when I moved to LA, invited me to come work for her doing PR. So I have like the artist marketing background and now the PR background. 
And like you said, I'm also using it for my own music. I just put out an album on May 7th. So we're still in that month of crunch time. As everybody knows, this is like, this doesn't end on the day of a release. So still pitching. So yeah, I've been like, it's been a pretty crazy couple of years, just bouncing between all of these different things and getting to apply all of the info that I'm learning behind the scenes to not only my music, but to those of my community. So hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for sharing. Con- congratulations on, on the new, the new release. And thank you. Yeah. I can imagine Very, that you're right. Still in the, the midst of it right now and everything 100%. is, everything's good, so that's yeah. awesome. Thank and I think you. it definitely, it definitely gives you sort of a unique uh, perspective. You know, I, I think that there's, there's uh there's pros and cons. I, I think like, you know, sometimes perspective from someone, like I, I know I've connected with people who are able to give me so much perspective because they are focused on their thing and they can like right. come in. But then also I think that there is this aspect for you, like both, you know, helping artists and also doing it yourself where there's mm-hmm. probably a lot of things like, oh yeah, this is what it feels like. And oh, yes. like, you know, and, and this is, so I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear, you know, based on your perspective now, having just released this new project, it, what were some of, the, some of the biggest lessons learned or biggest challenges or mistakes that, that both that you made and also maybe that are just common patterns that you see that maybe people who are watching this right now should also be looking out for to avoid? Okay. So a lot, of course, I feel like I've sort of came into this really wanting to put my best foot forward. So at least for me, for this release, which was two years in the making of an album. And then I did like a waterfall rollout strategy. Like I really planned this thing out. And I think that that was in my favor 99% of the time. One thing that I'll talk about is time is important. Not, not only, not only speaking from my own experience, but that is working as a publicist is that it is important to put enough lead time from the time that you, if you're an independent artist, you're signing up your music for distribution. You have that confirmed release date set far enough in advance so you can start pitching that to people and letting people know this is absolutely coming out on June 1st. Um, and if, if that's the case, the, le- the lesson is three to four for printed press, about one to two for digital press, and then about one or so for your own personal network, for your own fan base, you want to start building the buzz for that. Playlists, you know, there's like all these different sort of avenues that you can go with like submit hub and that sort of thing. You could start doing that a couple weeks before your release. And then of course you never stop with the playlists after your release. So the earliest that you're really going to start pushing things is three to four months. If you're trying to get something written up and then never ending afterwards, if you're trying to keep from continuing on the playlists, the biggest lesson I learned through this, and this is like, a hot topic right now is submit hub can suck <laughs> getting like feedback about stuff before you even put music out that was difficult because it's just playlisters they're not musicians most of the time they're not people that have worked for two years building this thing that they're putting out into the world they're just people that are listening to your songs for 30 seconds and deciding whether or not it fits on their playlist. And sometimes getting that feedback before you've put anything out there or whatever can feel really debilitating. So that's my personal experience with this release. That doesn't mean don't do it, just means keep these things in mind when you are 
pitching yourself, when you're putting yourself out there, there's going to be people that like it and there's going to be people that don't. And try and focus your energy less on these like cash grab sort of things and put more of your focus in. How do I get this out to the ears that are willing to hear this right now? Like the press, more editorial playlists, my fans, like let's focus our energy there, building the buzz there so that that way it's well received everywhere. Super helpful. Yeah. I think you touched on something there that's so important um, for all of us here Mm -hmm. as musicians, which is, you know, it's like, especially when you're releasing new music or you have a new project, it's kind of like you're planting a seed and Mm -hmm. you want it to grow into this beautiful tree and to build an audience and to build really a thriving career. But when you plant the seed, you have to be pretty careful about who you let stomp around the sea because there, there's going to be some people who like, you know, will stomp on it. And if they do, mm-hmm. it's in kind of this delicate state for yourself where you're probably oh already God. having some, you know, it's like, it's always, it's a vulnerable thing to put out your music. So I think that 100%, it's a really valuable lesson for all of us to yeah. make sure that we're careful about who are asking for feedback and, yes. and also not taking things personally and, right. and making sure that we focus on, the the people and the and the groups that are getting the most value from the music and that are like yeah. the fertilizer that are actually going to help help it grow. And remember that creating personal relationships with whoever you're pitching to is always really valuable too. Like I've had some of the best success not only for myself but other artists for creating these personal relationships with people where I'm like I I've listened to your playlist. I love your playlist. It would be an honor if you could add this track to your playlist. Like that sort of relationship, I feel like goes a lot further than this platform. I'm not going to speak poorly on these platforms because they're great. I've also gotten a lot of artists' great playlists from these things. But I just think that that personal, that taking that step of getting to know somebody and saying, I recognize that you've put time and energy into this thing. I really appreciate it. And I think that you might like Michael Walker's song. You know, that's, that's how I think the best responses tend to come. And not just for playlists, that's the same with press, it's the same with asking fans to to listen to you, like give back what you're putting in. Mm. That's so good. Yeah, and I feel like that's a fundamental thing. Like one thing that I always recommend that everyone looks out for, and it's something like I I look out for when I'm having these conversations is is seeing where where does the advice overlap? Mm-hmm. you know, because there's all these different speakers, all these different, you know, information points and really smart tactics. But then there's also kind of this underlying principles and foundations and things that come up over and over again. And it seems like one of the ones that you just pointed to was the power of relationship and personal mm-hmm. communication and connection and how um, a lot of times, I mean, there's a reason that there's all those cliche statements about, you know, your network is your net net worth and how important relationships are in the music industry and any, any industry. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, I'm, I'm curious on what your recommendations would be for how do you build those relationships and how do you connect yeah. with the right, the right people? And, and what would that look like for you? Well, I definitely have to give all the credit for learning how to speak to press to Katie Long, who started DIY Public Relations. When I met her, she was so intentional and so personal. Even just meeting her, I hired her to do, to speak at a conference. I met her and we had this conversation that just felt like so connected and, and personal, 
you meet people all the time and you don't necessarily create a connection like that. But I recognize that in her. And that is 100% what she's bringing to, to her business when she's reaching out to people, also in the way that she's handling artists. Like that intentionality is really meaningful to me and why I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come work for you, like 100%. <laughs> and so I think that that's, that's where you start right? Like you start with building relationships. And the, the best way to do that is to look for art or look for writers that are writing on subjects or writing on artists that you like. So for example, if you want to be in Brooklyn Vegan, that's a, that's a blog, and you like a certain writer or you like a certain artist and you see that the artist was written about, you maybe look at the writer, then look at the writer's other body of work and be like, is this the right person to write about me? You know, I am a existential folk artist and this is a person that particularly only writes about hip hop. So maybe that's not the, the right person for me to try and ask to listen to my music or to write about it. That doesn't mean that you have to completely limit yourself to people that only write about, you know, a specific genre. But I do think that that's like important to to know who you're reaching out to and to be like, okay, I I know your body of work, I've read it, and I would love it if you would consider writing about mine or about my artist. That's the first place to start. And then on a logistical level, create a spreadsheet, start keeping track of all of these people, start considering how you're going to roll out, asking for press, you know, are you gonna do it all at once? Are you gonna do it in one day? Are you going to do it like over the course of a month leading up to it? Just start thinking about that stuff and stay organized because like that that can pile up. That's my biggest problem is always pile enough. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the logistical level. But again, be intentional. Don't Don't be a robot. You know, don't send the same email to every single press person and be like, hi, I love your blog. Will you listen to my music? <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> you know, Or even just like, please listen to Michael Walker's song, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't just try and create a normal person email, <laughs> a normal person email to a normal person. And remember that their writers are people too. That's so good. Yeah, it, what it kind of reminds me of too is, as you're describing the the process of you know like making a list figuring out your favorite artists or artists that are kind of slightly bigger than you and figuring out yes. where are they getting placed and mm -hmm. you know, making a list based on that kind of reminded me of you know the same kind of advice around production and finding the right producer mm -hmm. for you i yes. think like one of the smartest things is like you have that list so if anyone here right now hasn't made that list yet of like <laughs> of of artists that are like you who are in the same air like the same zone same size maybe bigger mm -hmm. And that you could have like the dream size, like the ultimate big ones, but even better, kind of the ones that are a little bit closer, closer where you are right now. That's such a valuable asset to create for multiple reasons for what, I mean, the way you described totally. with the press. On a manifestation level, I know that it's not that, not that kind of chat right now, but let's talk manifestation. Talk, put it out there where you want to be. I think it's really important whenever you're creating any piece of art or anytime you're putting anything out into the world to in advance of doing that, set your goals, set your goals for, you know, your immediate goals. And then also recognize like, what, what are my realistic goals, but also what are my like champagne dreams, right? So that, that way you can sort of see what your journey would look like. And then when you actually do hit that champagne dream, it's like, 
you're over the moon, you set that expectation up in advance. And I, I'm a little woo. I truly believe that if you put it out there, things can happen, you know? So it's not only because you put it out there, but it's because I think subconsciously, as soon as you've written it down, now you're thinking about your wheels are turning and you're thinking, well, actually, how do I get a hold of the person that works at Rolling Stone? Oh, it's actually not that hard. I've just done the research. Now I have your email. Now I'm sending the email. Oh my God, I'm in Rolling Stone. I wish it was that easy with Rolling Stone preface, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And also we're we're woo-woo compliant here. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> I, I think absolutely there, there's so much power. And I think that there's a lot of I mean, I, I think there's a balance with everything and there's, there's some kind of like law of attraction stuff that I think is like a bit like, like over the top where it's like, oh yeah, you just like sit down and you have to do anything. It's like, no, clearly yeah. like, you know, that is like, it's that just like That's magical, right? The biggest misconception of manifestation or whatever or law of attraction is that like, you just say it and it comes. It's like, no, you, you say it and then you start creating a plan for how to execute it. That is how that works. 100%. <laughs> And I think that there's, I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of science and things that, that are still like, they're kind of coming together to describe why things work the way that they were in terms of this principle of like visualizing, creating it in your mind first, and then that influencing behavior. I mean, it's no yeah. secret that like everything that we, everything, if we look around the room right now, everything around us that's man-made started as a thought and it yeah. turned into like an actual thing, but it started with it in that you know, quote unquote, immaterial form of a thought, which is really yeah. not immaterial. It's just like kind of a higher form of liquid you know, energy. But it's really but, good to think about, especially when we're talking about press or we're talking about like getting people to listen or what our goals are with our music to A, set realistic expectations and to say, okay, well, this is my first release in ever. And I've only ever played one show and it was to my local town to like 30 people, you know, is this going to hit billboard 100 in one week? <laughs> Maybe if you're like, if you've got tons of resources and tons of energy applied to it, potentially, but let's be real here. What is a realistic goal for that artist, right? How do we want to get them promoted so that they're building a sustainable foundation for their career? So I would tell that person, I mean, it's it's up to them to create their realistic goal. But I would say for that person, let's get you in a local paper. Let's get you in maybe even like an indie blog or something so that we're expanding your network or we're expanding your audience. And then also seeing that long-term goal you can start creating the, the vision. You're like, okay, well, I'm starting here, started at the bottom, now we're here. We're gonna like work our way from 30 all the way to 30 million or whatever it is. So, yeah. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you wanna take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians, and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast. Or if you just wanna know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is gonna be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're gonna get access to our entire music mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. 
when you sign up, you unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're gonna bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, I think one analogy that I come back to sometimes is that achievement or goal setting is sort of like, you know, a game of golf where mm-hmm. you sit down, you hit the ball and it's, if you know where you're aiming for and you keep hitting it and keep seeing, okay, where did I, where am I now? Where did I land? Then, you know, as long as you're making progress, eventually you'll get this little tiny ball in this hole. It could be miles or hundreds of miles away. I um, watched that Tiger Woods documentary. I was like, how, how do you do that? <laughs> how is he doing that? I haven't seen it, but that sounds like it's probably, okay. probably, probably pretty good. And yeah, and I think that like what we were talking about with, you know, having the list of artists that are kind of like, you know, even like your dream artists, but then also kind of reversing it down, like to people who are slightly bigger than you. Mm-hmm. There's, there's such like a, a network effect, you know, connecting with the producer who produces that artist, like mm-hmm. that producer, you know, has all these different connections that are you know, probably interconnected with that artist as well. And, yes. you know, just kind of getting in their world also, you know, figuring out the publications that they're getting on and just like, exactly. there's this whole web and this whole network. And so I think that that is a super powerful way to, to really grow quickly. Yeah. You don't have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to your career necessarily. If you look at another artist and you see how they got there, you can emulate it. You can say, well, my favorite artist is St. Vincent. I'm going to look at how St. Vincent has grown over the years, you know, and I'm going to look at what publications she started at, if they're still around today, and I'm going to start aiming there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think that you have to be like, when I say realistic expectations, it's not to take people down a notch. It's just to say, you know, this takes time. It's like walking into a corporation and at an entry level position expecting you're going to get promoted overnight. Yes, that happens sometimes. And when that does, that's like a real goodwill hunting moment. But when it, but realistically, there's going to be work that takes you there, right? So I think emulating our favorite artists or emulating, you know, their trajectory through the press, et cetera, is a really great way to also target attainable press. And one thing that I think that Katie once said that has been like really important for me to hear is that press is meant to get your story out there. It's not an overnight success like number success game it's not something that's necessarily going to like push the needle with spotify monthly listeners or whatever it's specifically so that once people have 
heard your music, they can come back and learn more about you or, or also potentially to reach another network of people that can come. So it's like sort of a two-way street there. It, but more importantly, it's so that you have a story now, like forever on in print or on the internet that people can learn about you. Mm. I, I love that. Yeah, that, that's a question I'd love to dig a little bit deeper into is, is really how to best leverage or the impact. Like, like let's, and this is a question I asked Arielle and it was super valuable um, hearing her, her perspective on it as well. But you know, like once someone does get some press and they some, get some really great quotes and things, what are some ideas for them to like really leverage that to get the best impact and best value from, from the press that they get? You mean like sharing it to their community? Yeah. Like, like from your point of view, like what's the, because what you just described there was really like the value of the press that they get. It's not necessarily like, it's like a vanity metrics thing or like the number is going to shoot up or anything, but like, what is it that you think the biggest impact that it makes and how do you recommend that people leverage that? Again, the impact is really hard to measure because it's not necessarily something where you're going to be like, well, because I got placed in Rolling Stone, now I have 50,000 album sales. There isn't a way to find out that information. You know, there isn't really, there are metrics, but they're not necessarily like going to help you recognize like that the source of all of your streams are coming from this article that you got or, or this placement that you got, or yes, replacements, not the articles. One thing that I recommend also, remember your network your immediate network, your fan base, let them know. They're your biggest cheerleaders and they're gonna share that information like wildfire. When you get placed on something, make sure that you are putting it on all your social media, you're tagging those publications and you're letting your fan base know and chances are your fans are going to share that information as well. So there's that. There's also leaning back in on that later, letting letting, uh, press know like, here's a great quote from a previous thing I got or, or whatever. Using it as part of your story going forward is always a good thing. Keep a running list of all the best like little quips people have written about you. That's so valuable. The, the words that other people write about you, it's just like foundational gold. It's something that you can now use later to not only say, hey, I've had people write about me. So so look at me, but also <laughs> to say like, these are the things that people have recognized in my art that I find valuable and that the sort of things that I would like other people to write about. Mm. So sharing it with your fan base, using it in the future as part of your story and as sort of like a guiding light for how you want press to write about you. I think that's your best bet. And remember that if it's out there on the internet, that doesn't necessarily mean that your people are going to know about it. You have to do the work in delivering this information out there. It can be in social media, it can be in newsletters, it can be in private emails to your friends or your fans or your family and being like, hey, I'm on this. Do you mind sharing it on Facebook? That's, that's, it's impossible for you to, or not impossible. It's, it's hard for you to expect other people to just like, do this sometimes without asking or letting them know that it's out there. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, that, make, that makes a ton of sense. And it's something I hadn't really fully thought about too, is just the value of, and really with press, it's about your story and it's about who mm-hmm. you are. And it's about how you communicate that. And so just the, 
the process of really refining that story yeah. and figuring out, you know, what is, what is that narrative? What's that through yeah. line in my, in my career? It takes time. Um, that's awesome. And, and certainly too, I think this can kind of be tied back to what we talked about with making sure that the, the seed that you planted is being fertilized rather than like stomped on, mm-hmm. you know, like if you have some, even just for your own mindset, like yeah. if you have those quotes somewhere listed and you, you can see, yeah. you can see all the things that you stand oh. for all your values. I think that's it's hugely so valuable too. And looking back, like I have a spreadsheet for myself where I'm like, wow, I've had people I've been doing this a long time. Holy crap. And also I've had people writing really positive and wonderful things for 15 years now, because that's how long I've been playing shows. That's how long, like I've been doing that sort of thing. I recently was going back and found one of these reviews that was just like in the local um, alt weekly in Portland. It was a Portland Mercury article from like 2010 and I saw the writer's name and I realized, oh my God, I'm friends with that person now. I like didn't, I never put this two and two together, but this person came and saw me play in 2010. It's now 2021. And I can't believe that I know them now. So I went and I sent them a message and I'm like, hey, look at this quote I found. You wrote this about me like 12 years ago. Thank you. This was so nice of you. Like, I didn't know you then. I know you now. I do think it's important to recognize people that are writers are creatives just like us most of the time and they really appreciate feedback as well they appreciate when you tag them or when you let them know like I appreciate what you wrote about me that's where I'm coming back to that like personal relationship don't be like smarmy about it you know don't just like try to make friends with people just so that they'll do nice things for you that's like transparent but if you can like actually create relate relationships with people appreciate what they're doing for you I think that'll take you far. Mm, I, I love that. Yeah, what, what that reminds me of is one of my mentors, Evan Pagan, was told the story about how he met Steve Jobs after one mm-hmm. of Steve Jobs' events. And he asked some sort of question like, like, what's the number one key to your success or something like that to Steve Jobs? <laughs> and, and Steve Jobs, like, you know, reflected for a second. He's like, and he, and he sighed and said, you know what? I think it's just, you just, you just have to care. You have to yeah. like really care. And yeah, that, that really kind of rings true with what we just talked about. And what you just shared is something that is another one of those key things that's been reflected across every speaker is like the ability to actually share like true appreciation and to actually yeah. be present is like a, a superpower. Be and present all, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So next, another question that kind of comes up as we're talking about PR and publicity and your story and, and really honing that in is when it comes to figuring out a through line or figuring out a narrative or something that makes someone unique. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on people who are watching this right now or maybe wondering like, you know, what is, what's unique about my story? What's writable yes. or what would be a good story? What would your recommendations be? Okay. So I just said this yesterday to somebody, but I, I come from a theater background and comedy and improv comedy and that sort of thing. And the first thing that they teach you in improv comedy is to not try to be funny because when you do, you're gonna be hacky, but also because your original perspective is so much more valuable and it's already going to be inherently interesting to people. You can walk into a room onto a stage and just be yourself and that's gonna be so interesting. So 
that applies, I think, when you're trying to tell your story about who you are as an artist. Just sort of hone in on who you are and don't try to be anything else, anything other than you, who you are. And I know that that can sound like so, like, just be yourself, but it's, it is true. Like, write your story or say your story out loud, recognize who you are as an artist authentically and then you can sort of start and shape shift that how you how you want that presented the first time I had to write a bio for myself I know how hard it is to write a bio for yourself first of all and I still to this day when I have to edit it like go into anxiety mode and I'm like like how do I do this like I pretend like I've never done it before and I do it for artists every day so I know how hard it is to like take this information and try and apply it to yourself so that's my preface but the first time I really had to do it before an album release was about five years ago. And this was, this was a, a new, a new one for me, but I tried it. My, my uh, friend recorded me speaking out loud about myself or about my music, about what I wanted to put out in the world. And from those recordings, listened back later and, and sort of shape-shifted something. Sometimes you need to either be a verbal processor, or if you're just going to like creative dump it all out and then edit it and make it into something later but I find that to be a really valuable tool if you're just like I don't know if you're like me get paralyzed by like the idea of self-promotion just like sort of self-separate a little bit speak about yourself as if you're talking about your favorite artist and go into it and then remember that you can edit and shapeshift it later but remember that you don't need to be anyone other than who you are. You don't need to try and fluff the numbers to make it seem like you are some Grammy winning musician, if you're not. Don't like try to be anything other than who you are when you're writing a bio. It's like writing a resume, like they could smell, they could smell BS all over that thing. If you're just gonna write, if you're pretending that you're an executive when you've been working in like a entry level position, I keep coming back to this. I don't know why I think it's because I'm wearing my corporate mode shirt today that I'm like in, in carpet mode, but yeah. I think it's, I think it's super, it's super valuable information. And, you know, I, I think it's a superpower and the ability to, kind of like like a ice chiseler like be able to chisel away yes. and be authentic and be yourself but also to figure out those those things that that are unique or those things that kind of that resonate with people so yeah you know, for anyone who is like watching or listening to this right now i wonder if you have like a few ideas as like prompt like question prompts or different mm. things that you might ask someone if you were sitting down with them and you're like okay like let's and they're going to record that video or they're going to mm. start writing out a bio what are some of the most important questions that you would ask them I like to know how people's brains work when it comes to making the music, because I feel like that's the sort of thing that I get really interested in reading about, about people. So putting a little bit of info about who this artist is on, on, a, on a creative and artistic level. So I'd probably ask the question like, okay, well, tell me what made you want to make this? Or how'd you start this project? Or like what was what was day one like for you, you know, and and go from there. I think creating the story from this was developed from blah blah blah, and and it evolved into this. Like I think that stuff's really interesting. Don't forget that with it, if we're just talking bios right now, a bio doesn't need to be a novel about every single one of your creative whims. It could it the big the main thing is that we need to know the facts. We need to know who you are, where you're from 
a sort of brief analysis of what your music sounds like, maybe a little quip about like about the project that you're working on, and and then anything that's worth bragging about. That's where that like previous press thing might come in handy if you're like, and then also so-and-so said this, I'm gonna throw this into my bio and credit them for it. Um, so a bio doesn't need to be like a novel, but if we're just asking questions and we're just trying to brainstorm ideas, that's where I would start. I would start, who are you as an artist? Why are you here? What is this that you're making? What inspired you to make this? Like, give me a little bit of information about like how, how you make the sauce. It's tough to talk about yourself too. I understand that. And like I said, sometimes it's helpful to sort of compartmentalize and pretend like you're talking about someone else. I definitely do that all the time where I'm like, I speak about my artist name is Siren in the Sea. I created that probably because of the reason that I needed to compartmentalize. Like I wanted a different identity from my personal identity to be my, my artist name. So I did that also so that when I'm writing about it, I'm not like Christina Cano is a brilliant creative artist. Instead, I could be like Siren on the Sea is a really brilliant creative artist. <laughs> like, it's, it's helpful to, to, decom or to compartmentalize a little bit. Yeah. That, that is a, re a really powerful tool, I think, for, for myself. And it's something I've seen a lot is the ability to sort of to get perspective on yourself and to yeah. kind of look at look at yourself from the point of view, like if you weren't you, basically, <laughs> if you were someone else looking at you. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard that too, in terms of like, like doing a reflection or a review where you basically share like what are some of the biggest challenges or struggles you're working right. on. And then if a friend told you they're going through these challenges, what would your advice yeah. be for them? Totally. Like, oh. Wow, like that. Not that like kind of wallow changes. and and feel guilty. Like no, you would tell your friend to like, you know, you would be uplifting. So, mm -hmm. also again, back to not you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Read a bio from your favorite artist or from another artist that maybe is like horizontally aligns with you and your community, and see how they're doing it. Or sometimes it's even better to just look at okay, well, if I'm here and favorite artist is up here, who's another artist that's like here? that I can like sort of see the way that they're shaping themselves. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I think that's, that's really smart. Yeah. I've with our artist community, we talk a lot about hyper networking and about the mm -hmm. idea of like reaching out to yes. um, artists that complement their, their style to build those relationships. But mm -hmm. yes. I think that that's a really smart way to kind of, I think it'd be smart to break it down to into like, you know, like the dream <laughs> dream level artists are like just so like huge, so beyond everything and yeah. tend to be like the easiest ones to target as well mm -hmm. on like things like Facebook ads and Instagram ads, but then also making a list of the ones that are kind of in between and the ones that are, I mean, maybe having four different categories, one that's just yeah. like ultimate. And then one that's kind of like really, like really big, um, probably yeah. out of reach, but like, you know, not like superstar status. Totally. And then one that's just like, just kind of above above your level and then one that's like exactly where you are right now that could be really I, interesting I took strategy. a class in college and the professor said and I don't remember anything other than this one lesson from this class so that's a good sign said nobody is out of reach and I was like what that's not true and then the the, the exercise that we had to do was to like do this list and pick somebody on this list and figure out how to get in contact with them and I realized I could, I like put a person on the list. And then I found out that person had like a film premiere happening in my town and they were doing a Q and A later. And so literally three days later, 
I was at a Q&A, I was shaking hands with this, this artist and I was telling them I'm a huge fan and also I would love to like learn more, blah, blah, blah. And, and so it's totally, it's true. Make the list again. I feel like this has turned into like complete manifestation chat, which I'm all about, but make your list, find out how to get a hold of someone. Don't be a crazy stalker, but find out how to get a hold of someone if you need to. Also cold calls are fine. Sending an email to your to this artist that you're you're talking about, whether it's a second tier, third tier, fourth tier, and just putting it out there. Hey, I would love to know like how did you get started? Blah blah. People appreciate talking about their journey. They appreciate helping out other artists that maybe are, are coming up. So I do think that that's totally okay to send those emails. Don't expect anything back. Don't like push too hard if they don't respond. But it's okay to put that out there. It's okay to ask for advice. And I think that that goes for music, for business, for anything. It's okay to reach out to people and admit they have information that you'd like to learn about or learn from. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's so smart. And I, I love that story. And so, what a valuable exercise to have super in that valuable. class. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think it is super powerful too, in terms of if upon first reach out, you, you don't hear back and you follow up once or twice, you don't hear back. Like that's not yeah. necessarily a loss. Like no. it's a lot of times you, you can be kind of planting the seed so that mm -hmm. if it is someone they happen to see the message, but they're just busy or like they, they, they aren't able to really respond to it. You're still kind of planting a little tiny seed in their world, right. you know, and Which at some future, future point, you might be able to see it blossom. Comes back to press because absolutely that is the case with press a hundred percent. You're going to be sending out pitches. You're going to be sending press releases out for every release you have. You're going to be doing follow-ups if people aren't necessarily getting back to you with pitches. And you will find that over time, you'll be chiseling away at that list. And maybe that person that didn't get back to you after the third press release or the, the fifth pitch or whatever. Now, five months later, you're putting out your album and you're like, oh, they actually paid attention and they did see those previous emails and my name did stick for whatever reason. And now they're listening. So same thing. And that's also the same thing with fans, right? Like you might live in a community where you play 10 shows and you're like, I swear that these people don't know who I am. And then by the 20th show, you've, you've gained more fans or you've gained people that have been like, actually, yeah, I remember hearing about you. 10 shows ago and that's why I'm here. So it never ends. Mm. Yeah, that's that's so good. Yeah, definitely plant, planting the seeds, allowing yes. them time to germinate and to yeah. blossom. Awesome. All right, you know what? I think that now is probably a good time for us to start yeah. going to some Q&A, some questions from people in the audience right now. Let's do it. All right, uh, Sean Quixote, which again, Sean wins the the name of the, name. <laughs> the name of the day award. Oh my God. Uh, Sean asked, "What is a a waterfall a waterfall rollout?" Yeah, so basically, I'm gonna try and explain this as easily as I can verbally, but I am like very visual. So, basically, you're gonna put out your first single, and then when you put out your second single, you're you're really putting out two songs. You're putting out the second single and now the first single. And then when you put out your third single, you're putting out three songs. You're putting out the third single, the second single and the first single. And they're gonna all live independent of one another. So that way when you are, and you could do that so on and so on, you could put that out for the, your entire album if you want. You could do that for 10 songs, 
whatever. But this, the idea behind it is so that when somebody discovers the third song, maybe there's two other songs now that they hadn't heard before. And that goes back to what we were just saying about you might be you might be putting that energy out there and not feeling like you're getting responses, but then like by the third song, somebody's coming in and you're meet, you're making new fans for these other things. It's really useful for streaming because you're automatically, they're going to look the next song that's gonna play is now the previous single. So that's really useful to getting people to now listen to these other things. Mm. That's super smart. Yeah. And I feel like that probably ties in really well with what we're talking about later today with Brie Noble and like mm-hmm. the early strategy and kind of the singles leading up to a bigger release. Yes. I think it builds a lot of buzz. It lets people know that you're like taking this thing seriously because it takes a lot of time and energy to set these things up too. Like, let's be real. It's not like you're just signing this up the day before. And if you are, let's talk because <laughs> you need time. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a great strategy. It's definitely been an interesting one to do personally and to witness how it works because there there are pros and cons to it there are days where I'm like well is the song itself not getting enough streams because now the next song is playing you know like those sorts of things I think I'm overthinking it really you're creating an opportunity for people to come back to to music that you've previously released so I think it's a really positive way to do it yeah certainly getting used a lot right now in popular music so I'm interested to see what the next thing is yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really cool idea, and I, I really like what you like the idea of leveraging the momentum the momentum yeah. of the previous song. And yeah. so I, I'm also getting ready to release a new music project um, yeah. on July 1st, and I'm super yeah. excited. So there's four four songs with it, and I'll be releasing one song a month, and nice. doing kind of like a the waterfall waterfall method. But one thing that I'm super excited uh, about, and I think it's something that goes really hand in hand with what we're talking about here. And for anyone that's listening that has an EP or something to release might be worth considering is mm-hmm. to debut, to premiere the songs, we'll do a live YouTube video premiere of like a lyric video for each song immediately yeah. followed by a live stream where it's like a release party where we're just hanging out and we're describing the details about the song, what inspired it and having like a a merch drop for the specific song. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that, you know, after, after we do those live, we can still, as we're running traffic and we're running ads and campaigns to, to grow the audience, when they come in, if they didn't see the first two singles, then they can still go through like a welcome sequence yeah. where every day they get a new a new message that basically lets yeah. them watch the the replay of those leading up to the live premiere. I think it's a really yeah. smart way to like to, to I've heard this people who are smarter than me that like that I heard this idea from with Elon Musk. You know, he has this company called the Boring Company that <laughs> that's all about it's like digging tunnels in California and their plan is like, they want to create these like underground car, like um, super fa- hyper hy- Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, and so they, what, what is it called? It's called hyperloop. I think it's called the hyperloop, right? Hyperloop. Mm-hmm. It sounds, sounds right. It sounds like that's Hybrid. probably what if I was Elon <laughs> Musk, I'd probably name it hyperloop. It sounds cool. But, but the idea of how they build these, they have the boring company and they have these machines that basically dig tunnels. And as they're digging, if if all they did was dig, then the ground would kind of fall. It would crumble yeah. above it and it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. But as they're digging, they create the structure with this, like this glue apparatus on the side. So it's like, they're creating the structure as they're digging at the same time. And 
you know, taking that same idea and applying it to the live releases makes yeah. it really smart. So you're, you're doing a live release, but you're also creating the structure that you can actually set up to go yeah. quote unquote evergreen. Mm-hmm. And anyone new who wasn't there for the original release, who hasn't exactly. you know gone through it, it feels like a new release to them. Exactly. And don't forget, like, like you said, you could be putting something out in 2021, but you can always point back to something you put out in 2017. That doesn't mean that, you know, just because you're on to the next thing, like there aren't opportunities for people to learn about the past or, or what made you an artist. I love that idea of, of building a solid foundation as you're charging forward. And I, I love your idea too, of having all of these avenues for people to now re rediscover or drive traffic back to the music. There's always a conversation of like, do I put a music video out on the day of the release? Or do I put it out like a few days, a week later, or whatever. I'm always pro put it out after that way you have another opportunity for someone to discover that song that's only coming here because they saw the video. And then again, going back to the fact that your fans aren't going to know about this unless you let them know, which is why you create press, you know, buzz or why you share this stuff on social media. So you need to let people know and you can't expect that they're just going to like discover that music video on your YouTube unless you have shared the information mm, or had other people help share the information. 100%. Yeah. I think that's really smart. And, and it, with this release, the videos are just going to be lyric videos, kind of like cool. a quick, quick and easy one. So that Same in the future thing. we'll, we'll be able to, to do what you're talking about with like having a full production music video for, cool. for the song. A lyric video is a perfect, a perfect use of this though. It's again, another opportunity for somebody to discover the song and go check it out. It's it's also reinforcing of the song to the existing listeners, right? Now they have another piece of, of content or whatever to like attach themselves to the, to then build that buzz of the song inside of them and go listen to it again a million times. But then for news people that are just gonna see the lyric video, now they have an opportunity to go listen to the song for the first time. Awesome, now I'm talking about it, I'm getting really excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for you. That's not, that's really cool. Lyric videos are hard to make. Proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, I, it was not me making it. We got a team, a team credit. Thank, thank uh, the good Lord, because if it was me doing yeah. it, it would, it would be like Microsoft Paint, like, draw, like drawing them with a brush. It would be like on Canva, like, how do I put five words in here in one frame? I don't. <laughs> you misspelled the word your. Dang it. Oh my gosh. Um, it's a creative choice. <laughs> Here's, here's a, a good question. So this is from Jeff's Healing Music. Jeff mm-hmm. asked, Christina, what would you say a good game plan would be for re-releasing a song uh, if you did it poorly the first time? Ooh, first, I would ask what made it feel poorly executed to you. Was it that you feel like nobody heard it? Or, yeah, that's my first question. I also would ask, like, do you need to re-release it? Or can you release something else? And eventually, like we were just talking about, create more opportunities for people to then discover the thing that you released the first time. If it's just like you put the song out and you hate that version of the song, the mix is awful, the master is awful, that's a creative choice that you can absolutely decide to like re-execute. But I don't know, I'm very much a let's move forward and not dwell on the past. If you're not happy about the way that came out, let's put something else out. And then hopefully people will start attaching to that other one that's my advice yeah that's that's definitely good advice and you know one one thing to add on to it is is 
you know, like what what we just talked about with the idea of like creating quote unquote evergreen stuff it really wouldn't be that hard to do for your, if you have an existing audience to just like send them a broadcast, do some live stream where you're going deeper with the song and you're describing behind the scene, maybe you have some new content, like a lyric video or something to go with it. And then you have something set up for like, in the meantime, if you don't have any music yet, then you have something set up for new people to discover you and you can drive traffic to that. But I think what Christina's saying, especially when it comes to like press yeah i imagine that the it would be an uphill battle really like having this old song that came out three years ago and trying to like reach out to press to like re-release it yeah you're not going to want to do that to be totally honest press isn't going to write about a song that you put out three years ago if it's like yeah but i really loved this song and it came out three years ago and blah blah unless you re-record it or do something differently with it, it's probably not gonna hit the same, you know, like consider what you're, I think consider moving forward, consider using these strategies for the next thing and people will listen to that song. Yeah, I don't think that you should, I've had a lot of people ask me before, like, well, I put this out five years ago and I think I should delete it from so, from from all of the platforms and just like rebuild my brand. I'm like what's the point really i that being said i've also done that i had an album that came out in 2010 and it's not on the internet for a reason but <laughs> well, we have guilty as charged as well yeah. as fears it made its way back online it's called the secret to dropping out it's not good um, uh-huh. we took it took it down for a reason but it's, yeah. it's there thank <laughs> well, you youtube yeah i also it does also find a pivot and reevaluate and see where you are creatively and if you're like this creatively doesn't align with me anymore sure edit it off off the internet but if you're just like this is something I put out in 2010 and I'm bummed that it didn't get you know written up about I'm bummed that it didn't get a million streams then yeah maybe let's just move forward yeah that's that's definitely good thinking I I promise myself I'm I'm trying I don't want to reuse this analogy too much it's one of my favorite analogies if I'm not careful this will come up in every conversation but the analogy of that we're like surfers right now trying to catch waves and we don't yeah. necessarily want to try to catch a wave that's passed 10 years ago. It takes no. a, lot of, a lot, but like, look, what's coming up now. How can I, how can I exactly. catch the current wave? Exactly. Love that analogy. You're talking to the right person for ocean themed analogies. Let's just say that. <laughs> okay. There we go. I feel like we have, there's a lot for, we're meeting for the first time, but I feel like there's, there's quite a few Beyond synchronicity. It. There's yes. symbiotic <laughs> things that are happening. We got the eye, the eye logo. We're talking about law of attraction. Yeah. You should probably start a band called yes. the something eyes, mm. right? Yes. <laughs> this artist <laughs> name down, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I mean, in fact, like we could just start like a band with everyone here in the audience right now. I love um, it. A collaborative effort. <laughs> the all, the all eye. The all, the all eye. seeing eye. The all seeing eye. And it's about how like we're all separate and different, but mm-hmm. then like underneath we're all one community. We're just like one eye. Well, right. Okay. Love it. Is that hippie, <laughs> hippie enough for all you guys? Yes. Um, awesome. All right. So uh, next question. We got one from Relaxed Self said mm. question. How often should you contact a newspaper, paleos, publication, et cetera, to get a hold of them? It's a good question. Yeah. Like what's really the process question. of like the reaching out how many times do you follow up what is that again again it comes back to remembering that just because they read the email the first time they didn't respond doesn't mean that they're not going to the next time you reach out to them so follow-ups are super important I think that you should like 
like we were talking about, it usually takes about a month for pitching your, your new song to press. And in that month, it's okay to follow up once or twice. Don't send them a text every single day. Don't email them every day and are like, why didn't you respond? Don't be aggressive, but it's okay to follow up at least. It's important to follow up at least once. I think it's okay to follow up twice if it's something you really, really want. People respond really well to following up because they're like, often it's not that people don't want to write about you. It's that they get thousands of emails in their inbox every day. And that little like follow-up reminder reminds them, oh, well, first of all, this person means business because they're willing to follow up. And secondly, like, oh, right. Yeah. I remember seeing that name. I'll give it a listen now, now that I have time. So I think following up is really important. Um, as far as how many times you should contact press, it's every time you have something to release and every next time that you have something to release and keep building that network and keep, keep sending them stuff. And just because you didn't hear from NBC on the first release doesn't mean that by the time you put out 10 songs, you won't necessarily, you know what I mean? Like you keep building, don't, don't just um, assume that because you haven't heard back from your favorite publication that you're never going to hear back mm. one day. Yeah, that's, that, that's such a great lesson to not assume just because you don't get a response the first time that they didn't see it or they're not interested, right. but that there's a good chance. I think, yeah, it's better to assume that they're just busy and like, and even just like the way that you phrase those follow-up emails, I think it's going to make a big difference if you're giving them the benefit of the doubt and, yes. you know, and I think the fact that you're willing to follow up, like, like you're just saying, shows them that you have something valuable or like that you think that, that you have something valuable for them and that, that they was just, they just made a mistake, not, there's, not yeah. working forward with it. And there's ways to make yourself seem fully professional and, and really give them the best, best time for their like best bang for their buck, I guess, is make sure that your emails have all the information that they need, all the clickable links that they need. Like, please add all of your social media and contact information on there at the bottom. Please make sure that if you're asking them to listen to a song that you're linking to that song, or if you're asking them to look watch a video to link to that video, give them a little bit about your bio. It doesn't need to be an essay. Like it doesn't need to be a ton of information. It just needs to be the stuff that you want them to know so that they can go listen to the song and then write about it, et cetera. So Make sure that your your email is not just like one long, crazy tangent about who you are and why they need to write about you. Just give them the facts and give them all the information they need to do that so that they don't even have to like necessarily go back and forth with you about getting that information. You want to put that info in the email in the first one. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, just having the clarity like the, I mean, with any sort of email or in, in like a marketing standpoint, you know, you yeah. have to call to action and you want to be really clear about like, what's the next step. Right. You know, if you can just like make it as simple and streamlined as possible, what's the next step? Yeah. They're not going to want to do like a crazy back and forth with you asking, okay, well then send me the song, you know, don't do that. Give them the song up front. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And, and one thing that might be helpful in terms of our follow-up process for reaching out to, I mean, a lot of the speakers that are on the summit are people that we reached out to. And yeah. um, like Christina said, like we didn't necessarily hear back right away. Ari Herstian is an example of someone we've been reaching out to for like, you know, probably the last two years and nice. he just got back a few months ago. And so cool. we finally connected. He's awesome. We had a great yeah, interview for our podcast, an interview for his podcast. Nice. And 
you know, and you know, we weren't like aggressively like following up, but it's just about planting, planting the seeds, I think. And cool. you know, for, for us, there's a, we have like a spreadsheet where we have everyone listed out, like Christina mentioned earlier, having that spreadsheet is so powerful and just like the contact and, and also kind of breaking it down for us, the follow-up process is like, we have a column that's literally just like status. And then it's like to do, like to reach out, reached out, mm-hmm. followed up, last follow-up. And yeah. so, you know, I think this is, there's different ways to do this, but this is something that's worked really well for us is, you know, we have the initial reach out and we mark them as reached out. We give them a week. Uh, if they haven't responded, we send out a follow-up email. That's kind of a different, a slightly different angle. It's like still kind of a pitch, but just kind of done from a different, a slightly different point of view to see if, you know, maybe speaking about it in this way, sometimes adding a little bit more credibility or like mm-hmm. trying not to like brag and be like, like, oh, we're the greatest in the world, but also kind of like speaking like, you know, this is why we think this would be valuable for you. And then the last one is literally just like, okay, I just want to follow up one last time here into the, some of the sort of like, you know, last follow-up. And, you know, he, like, I think that would be a great fit, but also like, you know, no hard feelings either way. I won't yeah. like keep bugging you. If, if, it's been I don't so think powerful. you even need to say that part either, but like, I'll, I'll stop bothering you. Like, don't, don't come right. off as super insecure either. I mean, not that 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 you doing that isn't that but you said that we 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 don't yeah we we definitely don't say that yeah (laughs) it's it's that's just sort of like the the way that i look at it it's just sort of like but not not like i'm bothering them but just like yeah they might be busy it's not the right timing of course no 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 hard feelings at all Mm -hmm. but just wanted to like reach out one last time and let them know Mm -hmm. that this is like the last time that we're going to be reaching out about it and it's just um, like a marketing email you know yeah and I, i think that that last one for like if we don't if we reach out to someone, we haven't gotten a response from them that last, like, I think there's something about the, the way that we frame it, just like, like the last, mm-hmm. last follow-up. I think for a lot of people, it's like, they've kind of been putting it back. They're like, oh yeah, I should respond yeah. to this and at like, some point. Oh, I don't want them to feel like I'm not going to get back to them. I just haven't yet. Right. That's the um, Exactly. Yep. All right. Awesome. So let's keep on, keep on trucking through some more Q and A. So Bard, Bard of Eli said, I'm promoting an idea campaign as well as a song of mine that fits with it. The song is about plastic pollution. And my campaign is to help save the seas by raising awareness with ocean aid concerts. I realize I this is a massive it. project. Uh, I realize it's a massive project, but what do you think is the best way of getting this into the press? First of all, love it. Was just actually conceptualizing something about beach cleanup recently. So maybe we should talk. I think the first thing to do is have a well-developed, you know, pitch about it. What is it? Why are you doing it? Why it is aligned with you as an artist? And then start reaching out to local press about, about this thing, probably one to two months in advance. I mean, is there, is, I don't know if there's an event or if there's like a, how this one works, but just like any other release, just put that at the forefront of, of the information about this project. And yeah, it really depends on this one. Like, it seems like maybe there's an event or some sort of like engagement thing with it, which I think then getting press to like potentially get somebody out to take pictures or like getting someone out to like review it in person. And so in that case, you're, you're going to be reaching out to the same people, but you're going to be reaching out to like maybe the news or the editor of that press outlet. If you're looking for like local press coverage, like if you're looking for like someone from the TV to come out, start researching those people. Don't send it to the music editor. 
Do you know what I mean? But then also, if there isn't a music portion of this, you can send that to the music editor. Just consider like, whose desk does this belong on? Does this belong on like the, the arts and music desk? If it's just music, yes, absolutely. But if you're also trying to get like some sort of community engagement together, that's gonna belong on a different desk. So, yeah. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and that also kind of uh, pulled up another question in my mind yeah. around when you're reaching out to reach out effectively, you know, it's so important to know that you're reaching out to like the right person and organization who like when you're doing that research and let's say that you were reaching out to some of these publications from your experience, like how do you find the right person to reach out to? And in most cases, who would be the person that you put down on that big spreadsheet? Honestly, LinkedIn is a really huge tool for me. Also just looking at the website of that press outlet. Usually they have like a contact or an about us section and they have a whole list of who the editors are for each 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 column. Also, if you're looking for just like press press, like written up press, look at the written press. And again, look for similar articles or somebody that's written on a similar theme. In this case, I would look for somebody who's written about sort of like environmental justice and trying to get it in their ear and let them know like, well, you've written about like water pollution before. And I think you might be really interested in this thing that I'm doing. That's where I would start. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, you, you might even be able to like Google some stuff too, like Google articles Google about, totally about, oh yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Musicians like, who've done things like that. Yes. A hundred percent. Google news is a great column to look into, but yeah, that's where I would start with something like that. And I'd love to hear more. So please send me more information. I'm sure you're going to give out my email address or something. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, for everyone who's watching this right now, who wants to connect more or get in touch, what'd be the best place for them to, to learn more? You could look for me on sirenandthesea.com. That's my artist page. And then there's also contact information there. So that would be the best place to go. Cool. So it's siren, siren and the sea.com and the sea. Yeah. That's why I love ocean stuff. <laughs> nice. It's a cool, it's a cool name. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So let's, let's go ahead and let's do two more questions for the day. So we got four total. So let's see if we can try to do some really good ones. Okay. Fancy creation has also like all these names are auto-generated or at least a lot of them are. So fancy oh. creation. In your opinion, Christina, what's better in a bio? Adjectives to describe your sound musically, or is the bio more of an overall pitch to describe your music and why someone should come out? I guess what I'm asking is, should the bio be Twitter-sized, i.e. 155 characters? No, look at like Spotify. That's, I would look at that first. Like, well, there's the short bio and there's the long bio, right? Like there's the bio that you can put on your website that has like all the information that you want people to know about it's still done in such a concise way that it's bite-sized like people can pull from it but then there's like the spotify bio which i would say is like usually a paragraph and it's not a pitch it's not like this is why you need to listen to 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 me it's more here's information about the artist also uh first person oh my gosh i feel so dumb right now first person 
Yeah, for first person, I think is like, you mean like first person point of view? No, it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth mentioning. Yeah, she, that Christina came on. She was here at like 6 a.m. <laughs> She's in California. And also all of you who live on the West Coast or overseas were out of curiosity. Yeah, out of curiosity, I'm wondering like who here has the craziest time zone or is like oh, yeah. tuning in for the craziest time. I know we have some people from overseas. Cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, just make sure that your bio has the basic information of who you are as an artist. And it's okay to use adjectives and it's okay to get a little floral, but just don't make that the entire thing. I definitely had to edit a artist bio the other day because it was all floral. There was no information about who they were as an artist. And this person had been like touring for years for other bands that had like some notability. So I was like, you should mention that in your bio, like let people know what you've done as an artist and where you're going as an artist and don't necessarily just lean in on, yeah, but my vision is this, like that's cool and very worth adding a sentence about that vision in there, but don't make it the whole thing. Hmm. I love that. There's something really powerful, really interesting about those two questions in general, like where, where did I come from? Where am I going? Yeah. yeah it's sort of like the I read that um, manifestation chat, but yeah, absolutely. Know, know where you want to go and, and then tell people about it. Love it. All right. So one more question. Let's see. This is so fun. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being a part of it. And thank you. Absolutely. You kicked off day two of the event. So it was, it was a, yeah. a lot of fun to start off. So I guess there's just one, one last question that was just um, a quick one was, could you talk more about the DIY music conference you spoke first about? Yeah, it's a great conference. I think a lot of the speakers that you have on this actually also spoke at the DIY conference. I don't think they're doing it in person this year, but I think they might be doing a virtual event. And it was just a really, it's a great networking tool or it's a net, networking event. It's also a great way to learn a lot of the, the info that your, your conference is doing. So if you like I would this, love you to, like if you, if you have any say in like organizing that event or anything, mm -hmm. I would also love to connect and maybe be like we'll a part chat. of like a speaker on the event or something like that. So we'll talk. <laughs> cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's wrap up. Uh, Christina, it was awesome meeting you. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations on the music release. I hope that it continues to be awesome Thank and uh, super, super valuable. I'm glad that we got to go into manifestation. Woo, woo land. It's a place Perfect that it's a, speed. <laughs> it's a realm that I like to visit and I think is, cool. is just, is, is really valuable. So appreciate you. Thank and you. Uh, you can go to siren and com and uh, you can connect more there. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.